If they were to train with it on a regular basis, part of their practice time during their shift, they'll get used to it. And pulling off the two and a half will not be such a big surprise when it comes time to flow big water and trying to move or advance a, a larger hose stream Los Angeles, this is Code 3, the Firefighters Podcast, hosted by award-winning journalist Scott Orr. Code 3 features interviews with leading members of the fire service, discussing firefighting strategy, tactics, and other topics you need to know more about. Now, here's Scott. That's right, and I will not let Parkinson stop me. Thank you for joining me again for another edition of Code 3. This is the show that gives firefighters the information they need in about 20 minutes. Let's get started. How do you select a handline when you arrive at a fire? Do you actually select one? Or do you have an all-purpose go-to that usually gets pulled? Some departments routinely pull the real line. You know, the booster line, the red line, or so I've heard. Of course, if you choose the wrong line, you may not get a chance to correct your mistake. Using a line that's too small will make a relatively quick knockdown into a major hassle. But you also don't want to have to lug a two and a half around the fire ground if it's not necessary. Here to give us some ideas on how to do best. Here to give us some ideas on how to make the best hose selection at a fire is Mark Vanderfeist. Mark's been a guest before on Code 3. He's been on the job since 1998. He's a firefighter for the Woodstock Fire Department in Ontario, Canada. He's an international instructor who teaches in Canada, the U.S., and India. And he's the lead author of the book, Residential Fire Rescue. He's also president of Firestar Services, a fire training company. And Mark Vanderfeist joins me now. Welcome back to Code 3. Thank you, Scott. How are you doing today? Doing well, thank you. It's good to have you here. My privilege to be here with you today again. Thanks. So, why do firefighters pull the wrong line for the job? Well, I think the main reason is just muscle memory. In terms of the everyday average fire we go to, is going to usually be solved by pulling off an inch and three quarter or an inch and a half hand line. And so, because of that uh, automatic default that most individuals rely back upon, that's the first line always pulled off. So why may they pull the wrong line off in the very beginning? It's probably because of the muscle memory developed based on the everyday average fire that they go to. But a two and a half is bulky and heavy. It's tough to manipulate when it's charged. Is there an argument to be made that flexibility and mobility count as well? Absolutely. And there's not going to be a one point argument to say you you should always pull the two and a half inch off first all the time versus an inch and three quarter, or even maybe a two inch hand line. There are many factors to be considered that would lend into why individuals should pull off what size hose line or what they're going to equip their trucks with different size hose line. 
So flexibility certainly might be one of them in terms of the hose itself. Yes, a two and a half will hold a lot more water than an inch and three quarter or two or two inch. So the flexibility will be decreased. Is it going to be more in weight? Sure, you have more water in a two and a half inch hand line than say a smaller one. But on the other hand, you can also compensate for the reduction in nozzle pressure by using a lower pressure nozzle, which would reduce nozzle reaction flowing on a two and a half. And at the same time, looking at the weight of the hose itself, you can get different weights of hose as far as uh, lightweight hose, heavy hose, that can also lend into the upside for choosing a two and a half. And the biggest factor in all of it is developing muscle memory and using a two and a half inch hand line on a much more regular basis than the once a year kind of basis where a person who puts their hands on a two and a half inch hand line in the real situation will forget how to actually hold it, handle it, how to operate it because they don't practice and train with it. If they were to train with it on a regular basis, part of their reg- regimented practice nights and or practice times during their shift, they'll get used to it. And pulling off a two and a half will not be such a big surprise when it comes time to flow big water and trying to move or advance a, a larger hose stream than the, the than the smaller ones. What are some of those factors that you mentioned other than the the rule of thumb of big fire, big water, small fire, small water? Many individuals listening to this program will recall the acronym ADULTS, where it's a good acronym to use. helps to guide a person in terms of when to use a two-and-a-half-inch hand line. That acronym ADULTS means what? ADULTS stands for, the A is for advanced fire conditions, where when you arrive on scene, if it's either a single-family residential building or maybe a multi-family residential building, when you have advanced, advanced fire conditions, that's lending into a two and a half inch hand line. The uh, D is for defensive operations for a large water application from a defensive position. And unfortunately, you do see sometimes a lot of departments still pulling off the small line, small hand lines when they do arrive on scene, even for a defensive fire, which, which lends into the muscle memory aspect, as I mentioned in the beginning, where they're so used to pulling off that one size hand line, even to, even for a defensive fire, they go back and they default to pull off that same hand line. And you see a lot of YouTube videos of this happening where they go to a large defensive fire situation and you watch the first line coming off. It's an inch and three quarter, inch and a half, and they start spraying you know, little bits of water on a very large defensive fire operation there. It's a, it's a very good example there of how the larger hose will help in that defensive situation. The U stands for unable to determine the fire area. So if you're pulling up on scene with heavy smoke, large volumes of smoke, and uh, we have no visible flames or can't determine the actual fire location, then it's best to use a bigger hand line uh, because of the maybe the larger fuel load. Perhaps you got vent limited, you got high heat, and the more water you have, the more you can combat the high heat release rates that are being given off within that certain situation or within that compartment itself. L stands for long hose stretches. So one of the factors in hose selection is always going to be friction loss. And when you have a long lay of smaller hose, you're going to have an increase in friction loss. So to reduce the friction loss, if you are going to have a long hose lay or a hose stretch to, uh, to take care of the situation, the larger the hose diameter, you're going to have a decrease in friction loss, which actually will help the team in the long run. 
there's not going to be as much of a high pump pressure needed to to ensure you have proper pump pressures at the nozzle tip. So the stress placed upon the hose team won't be as much because there won't be as much pressure being supplied to them. And they'll be able to work a little more effectively in that manner. So long hose stretches is another reason why you want to have uh, a larger two and a half inch hand line. And can you give me maybe a ballpark of what a long stretch would be? Sure. I would say if you're going beyond the 200 foot mark, you don't want to look at increasing your hose size. So most pre-connects are between 150 and 200 feet. And if you're going above that 200 foot mark, you're definitely going to want to look at maybe increasing that uh, bigger size hose. Again, that's going to come down to departments playing with their hose as well, uh, playing with their hose loads and their and their hose sizes, because it's not uncommon for some to have a 300 foot pre-connect hose line on their on their pre-connects, and it works for them based on the type of hose, nozzle types, nozzle pressure, and what they're able to pump at. So you have to, in, in essence, prove the hose as a department that what you're using will supply what you need based on the length you're laying. But as a rule of thumb, if I was going more than 200 feet with a hose stretch to lay into a building, I, I want to go a larger size just for that uh, increased water and decreased friction loss. And I know I'm going to have a lot less problems along the way as with kinking and stuff like that. That may lend into the problem as well. The T stands for tons of water. So we kind of mentioned that a little while ago, right? Big fire, big water, small fire, small water. But if I want lots of water applied in a short duration or a long duration of time, then I'm going to want to use a larger size hose line. The S, standpipe ops. And standpipe operations is always going to be one of those situations where you want to use a two and a half inch hand line, whether it's a high rise, low rise, mid rise, or even a big box store. You're going to want to use a two and a half inch hand line with any kind of standpipe situation there. Now, does the nozzle play a role in helping to determine whether you should size up? Yes, it does. The hose and nozzle go together as like a husband and wife in a marriage. And it's got to be a perfect fit. So if you're just grabbing any old nozzle to slap onto a hose, uh, sometimes it may be working against you. So again, you have to prove the package of your hose and nozzle together that you have the right size hose along with the right type of nozzle based on either smooth bore, an automatic or a fixed flow. And then looking at then, okay, nozzle pressure for that nozzle. Is it going to be 50 pounds, 75 pounds, 100 pounds nozzle pressure? And then it depends upon the type of nozzle. So smooth bore, what size tip am I going to put on there for flow rates? If it's an automatic and a fixed flow, or, I'm sorry, for a fixed flow, uh, same as a smooth bore, what, uh, what fixed gallonage do I want to have that nozzle set to? Whereas an automatic is going to be adjusting automatically based upon the water supplied to it um, from, from the engine and also from the water supply itself. So the nozzle has, does play a big role in the, uh, in the upsizing. And if you put the wrong one on, again, it'll, it'll be working, you're working harder and it's working against you in the long run. Right. I'm imagining a situation in which someone chooses the wrong nozzle for a two and a half inch line and doesn't get the full benefit of having all the water at their fingertips. Correct. Yeah, that's right. So then I guess departments that have a muscle memory or habit of pulling a booster line will eventually find themselves in trouble. Uh, unfortunately, yeah, they may. Uh, and again, sometimes it's just sheer luck that they haven't yet. 
But when they keep pulling that same size hose line for every call they go on for a structure fire, eventually at some point in time, they'll realize we got to pull off more lines and get more water because what we're facing is overcoming us. And the water we're delivering with the size of hose we have is not enough to overcome and compensate for the uh, high fuel load, yeah, the, the, the uh, large fuel loads and the high heat release rates that are coming off of that uh, that fire there. While we're on the subject of hand lines, what's your rule of thumb to ensure you get enough hose off the rig to get the job done? The rule of thumb is you want to have your hose load packed on the truck so it takes only one firefighter to pull it off. So it doesn't matter what type of load it is that you want to choose a Minuteman flat load, triple layer, or your own unique custom custom load. It needs to be designed and packed that it takes just one firefighter to pull the whole thing off, either in one movement or two movements. And by doing that, be sure is the fact that all the hoses pulled off of the hose bed. And then secondly, you got to train each individual that when you grab your hose to uh, advance to the front door or to your point of entry, you're always grabbing a nozzle and a coupling or two with you and dragging that hose to your point of entry. That way, again, you're, you're flaking out the, uh, the line while you're advancing and it's ensuring that all the hoses have been pulled off the bed and you are removing the majority of kinks that may be in that hand line as you're advancing up. So either grab the first coupling or the middle coupling of the, uh, of the pre-connect hose load and that ensures that when you're walking towards your point of entry, you're actually flaking out the whole line. So whether you have 150 feet or 200 feet of hose, that you've pulled off uh, of the, off the rig by grabbing the nozzle and a coupling or two couplings in the in the hose load, you're ensuring it being flaked out while you're walking forward. How often do you see situations where someone pulls just barely enough lines so that they end up being so tight they can barely move on the fire? Uh, I'm not sure a percentage, but I say for myself, it's probably around uh, 80% of the time you see that happening. Really? I didn't realize it was that common. So so why why does that happen? I mean, why would they, why would you rather pull less line and take a chance than having a little extra? Well, I don't think it's a matter of the individual wanting to not have enough hose. Again, this comes back to that muscle memory. People are just used to pulling off an, uh, a nozzle in the hose and walking with it, forming a long line of spaghetti, essentially, from the truck out to the, to the nozzle. And by doing that, they think they're advancing. Because, they're, again, you got to look at the departments that are, that are in this situation. Some departments don't fight many fires. They may fight one fire a year or one fire every two years. And so the amount of times they actually pull a line off a truck is, is very few in that real situation. So when, when it actually happens... They got their heart pumping. They got the adrenaline rushing, rush, uh, rushing through their veins, and their focus may be narrowed on I got to go fight fire, but they're not really thinking about the steps leading up to fighting that fire, which is pulling off the hand line, getting it flaked out, you know, removing your kinks, exhausting the air from your line, getting your right pattern, all that stuff. And they sometimes skip some steps. So why do they? Why do I see, or why do others see a lot of times people pulling off the nozzle, walking with it? and one long line and, and then being just kind of short as far as the hose, it comes down to muscle memory, I think, for the most part. And that always falls back upon training and practice. Not enough practice is being done to exercise that muscle memory to make a person remember to do this without fail all the time. 
Realistic training is what you need so that you don't do the minimum amount in training and then you expect to do more at the actual scene. That's right. And when you look at training, sometimes it's very exciting on certain topics, like live fire can be very exciting and fun. And other times it can be very mundane and certainly pulling off hose or hose advancement training is not everybody's exciting highlight for the day or for the night. So a lot of times they may do it once and that's it when it should be exercised and done multiple times. And the fire companies that do uh, dedicate time and repetition to pulling off the hand line, repack it, pull it off, repack it, and do it again. They're the ones that are very proficient when it comes time for the actual call, the arrival on scene. And it's just like training. There's no difference to it. They, they execute the uh, advancement flawlessly uh, because they've done it so many times, it's it's built in their, into their muscle memory of their of their body, and they flow seamlessly. And that's how you can tell that that company, that that crew, that department, they do practices. And when you don't see it happen, you see the opposite. You can tell they're not dedicating enough time to the basics, which is pulling off the hose line. Well, they say you fight like you train, so there you go. Mm-hmm. That's right. All right, Mark Vanderfeist, thank you for joining me today on Code 3. You're very welcome, sir. Enjoy your day. So, how do you select the attack line you'll use? Is it habit or analysis of the scene? And do you have a general preference? I'd like to hear from you. You can leave your comments on our website at code3podcast.com slash handlines. There's links to more info there as well, so check it out. And if you know someone who could benefit from Mark's advice on selecting handlines at a fire, just send them a link to this show. You know it has valuable information in it, but not everyone does, yet. So spread the word. Thanks. All right, that's it. That's all for this edition of Code 3. Thank you for listening. I'll be back next week with more, and I hope you'll join me. I'm Scott Orr, and until then, stay safe. To contact us, get more information on today's show, or to subscribe to the podcast, go to Code3Podcast.com.